right. Good morning. So good to see you. So appreciate the star of that show uh, and all the leadership that Steve's given for this month with everything related to our Serve Expo and uh, for Chris Dowdy and Stunt Double uh, shooting that. So good. And so fun that we can enjoy that a second week. My name is Todd Arnett. I'm the lead pastor here at Trinity Church. Really want to welcome you today, especially if you're visiting with us. If you have a worship folder, you have notes in there like this. If you want to get those out, that'll help you follow along with us. If you have a Bible, you may open that to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians 4 is where we're going to start out today, and uh, you'll be uh, ready to go. This month, we're kind of giving ourselves to this theme of where you fit at Trinity. In the first two weeks, last week and this week in August, we're talking specifically about your gifts and how to put them into place, how to find a role that fit that gift mix, and that's what our Serve Expo is about. So I couldn't encourage you more. Go out and check that out. The reason we're doing it two weeks is, number one, some of you weren't here. And so we want to give you an opportunity to do that. The second reason that we're doing it is that we want to, uh, even those of you who might have walked around and looked last week, you might have gotten an initial idea but didn't know for sure what should I actually pursue. And that's why that's available again. Let me also give you a reminder. We're going to get done with about 10 minutes before when we normally get out. That means your kids are going to be taken care of during that time, about till 1045. So you'll have that gap in between. Last week, by the way, I thought I was amazing with my timing and realized I was supposed to let you out at 10.35, I let you out at 10.45, and I completely blew it. So today I'm working on that, and I'll do better. Anyways, we're going to give you that 10-minute gap, but let me also say this. Many of you have have kids in our programs. Maybe you're already serving somewhere, and the expo is awesome, but you're not going to do that. We're still going to ask you, if you let your kids just kind of remain till 1045, so we let them all out kind of at the same time, that'll really help our kids' ministries. Just gives you more time here to talk, uh, do things you normally can't do, okay? So uh, take advantage of that today. Also, if you're going, hey, Todd, I, I would love to go to the Serve Expo. I don't even know what my gifts are. I don't even know what I'm equipped to do. Attend our design class. Two weeks from today, you'll see the slide up on the screen. It's on the back of your worship folder. There's a promotion there for it. We'd love for you to go and just find out, God, how have you built me? How have you equipped me to serve your people? And that's what the whole class is about. One thing that we'd love for you to do is sign up at the Welcome Center. You can do that. You can also do it online. And the biggest reason for that is we just want to make sure we can accommodate by room size. and make It's a lunch event. We start at 11.15 and go till 2. Some of you heard lunch. You're already there now. It's all good. But we just want to make sure we have food for everyone. So just let us know you're coming. And that will be a big help to you figuring out what your next step is and where you should get involved. This particular message today and the emphasis within serving according to your gifts, I am so amped about. And I have been thinking about this for the last probably couple of months and how it really intersects with where we're going as a church, with our mission. And and I want to bring that to light today. The basic idea, let me give you this from the beginning, a synopsis so you kind of can use that as a a frame to see everything we do today through it, is as we're talking about what it means to be rooted in reaching, what it means to be rooted in Jesus and reaching our worlds, as we begin to take seriously the influence, the ambassador-like role that God has given to each of us who are in his family, in his body, in the same way that God used people relationally in our journey and our process in coming to respond to Jesus. So God wants to use you and other people's process, people that are already connected to you in your relational world. And as we begin as a church to take that seriously, think more and more, act more and more in line with that, guess what you're going to need? 
you're going to need a great team. You're going to need wonderful teammates who would come alongside of you and be helpful to you in that process of being a very strategic part in their life and in their decision making. And that's what we're talking about today. I want to flip that idea. Some of us serve, many of us actually serve in a lot of roles already here at Trinity Church. And what I want you to think of from the very beginning today is when you are engaged in that act of service, whether working with children, working with students, working with adults in multiple capacities, being involved here on Sunday, being involved off campus. We'll talk about that today. Are you putting on the lens every time that you're engaged in that, putting on the lens that there are people you're serving, people you're connecting with who don't yet know Jesus, who are not yet following him as Savior and Lord? And are you seeing that your role in being a welcoming person, of being a helpful person, of being a kind person is extremely vital to them recognizing how great Jesus is. And that's where we're going today. The intersection of mission and serving according to our gifts, it creates this incredible opportunity for a great team to happen. Here's our now what idea from the very beginning today. You'll see it on the screen. You'll see it in your notes. We're called to serve well because you are an essential team member for others when they bring their guests. Let me explain that as we unpack it today. Number one in your notes, every team needs captains. Every team needs captains. We're going to talk a lot today through the lens of teaming up together. And I want to say that you shouldn't feel excluded if you're like, Todd, I don't get sports illustrations, okay? Don't don't feel like we're not talking to you today because this is not a sports illustration. Think of any group of people you've been involved with that you had a common goal, you had a common cause, we're moving in the same direction. That should literally be the definition of any local church, Group of people connected together through Christ that have a common direction, a common purpose. Now, but that also may be true of an athletic team you've been on. It also may be true of a committee you were a part of. It also may be true of a work team, a subgroup that you were a part of. And think about the beauty of that experience when you were on a good team. We've been on plenty of bad teams. When I was coaching my kids in different sports, we'd always talk about those character-building seasons, Right? Like the year that we went 0 and 8. That was a character building year. Okay? We've all been on those, but it's awesome. Things are just moving in such a great way when you're a part of a team that's effective. That same team two years later was 8 and 0. And that's the year that we all remember. That's the year it's like all the pieces were moving together. That's what we're talking about today. And every team needs good leadership. So as we think of ourselves today as a church, a group of people united in Christ, moving the same direction, we want to see that when we come here together to gather on a Sunday, what is, what is that even that unique purpose that day? It's to be preoccupied with Jesus. I love that definition of worship, to be preoccupied with him. As we do that, though, we also have the opportunity to serve according to our gifts to make this happen, to make this community, to make this day work. And in doing that, it takes leadership to help the team accomplish that goal. God knew that. God knew that when he established his leaders, or what I might call today his team captains, for his body to serve strategically according to their gifts. 
Your Bibles are open to Ephesians chapter 4, beginning in verse 11. So Christ himself, Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service. Why? So that the body of Christ may be built up. Now, last week I told you there are basically four New Testament passages that talk about spiritual gifts. We looked at three of them last week. 1 Corinthians 12, uh, Romans chapter 12, 1 Peter chapter 4, and this is the fourth. I told you we talk about it today, Ephesians chapter 4. We'll talk about this one. This one's a little bit unique from all the others in that the others have in common this idea of that, hey, God has supernaturally gifted his people to serve one another, to serve their communities in such a way that honors him at the end of the day. He gets the praise for it. They all have that in common. Variety of gifts, same Lord. All that's really a lot of overlay. Ephesians 4, though, is very different. Because this passage talks about not so much that God has given unique gifts as much as God has given gifted leaders. Leaders to provide direction for all of us who have been gifted. And by the way, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, we talked about this last week, it's not a matter of if you serve, but where, because we all, we all, having put our faith in Jesus, we all have a unique giftedness from him. So leadership to provide direction for those players, for those participants involved. We looked at the book of Ephesians last fall, and as we did, we watched the flow. And the flow of that book kind of turned a corner. You remember the first half of Ephesians was all about what it means to be in Christ. And then you kind of hinge in chapter 4. And the last half of, of chapter 4 talks about what it means to be in Christ in community. With other believers in the other areas of my life, what's that look like? And so this is the first part of that hinge passage. And Paul's moving from this idea of diversity that they have in terms of the varied gifts and now of gifted leaders that Jesus has given to his people. So almost as though Jesus were picking his team captains, his team leaders, so it says this, he himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers. In your notes, these team captains have the unique responsibility, the Jesus-given purpose of equipping of preparing the rest of Jesus' team to use their gifts to serve others toward a common goal. And I want you to hear today, and part of that common goal is being the kind of place, on especially Sundays or other entry point events, being the kind of place where guests feel welcomed and want to come back. More about that in a minute. Let's look at these words. It says to equip, to equip the body of Christ. You have that in your notes. This Greek word, katarizomos, is the exact adjustment which enables the individual parts to work together in correct order. I love this simple synonym, alignment. In this case, the, the, this Greek word for equipping is used this only time in all the New Testament. So oft, every other time when you come across the word to be equipped, it's not this word. This is a very unique word, and in this likeness, in this word, it means to bring alignment to the individual gifts so they're working together in the same direction. That is awesome. That is awesome to stop and think about, and awesome to think that leadership is required. That just kind of makes sense. Leadership's required. Everyone has a way to contribute. Leadership's required to bring alignment so that we will actually move towards that common goal in the best way. Now, what's the result of, the, of these other believers in Christ being aligned, being uh, given this direction toward, with their specific gifts? Well, it says, then the body of Christ might embody. 
It might be a home for Jesus to reside, for his character to be represented to the world. Look at that other word. Uh, that word we're translating, the word may be built up, is one Greek word. Oikodome. Oikodome. And actually, we mentioned a few weeks ago, we're doing an oikos uh, training event, September 23rd. You'll notice that's the same root word. O-I-K-O is the same root word. The word itself means home. Look at now what it's, or relational world. Look at what it says. It's a building serving as a home. So okodome is the idea of this is a structure, but within the structure is where we find home. That's the literal meaning of the word. Look at the figurative meaning. It's the place where Jesus is at home. The place where Jesus resides with real uh, comfort, with a sense of real um, awareness, with a sense of real obviousness. Jesus is here among us in just the very essence of who he is. Let's continue to be reminded Trinity Church is not this building. You don't come to church, you are the church. You showed up to a campus today. That's what this is. This is a church campus that we use on Sundays and all throughout the week for a whole bunch of great purposes, but you are the church. And so the church moving forward in this direction needs leadership to bring alignment to it. And watch, when the gifts are serving in the right places and in the right seats on the bus, is the phrase I like to use, then Jesus is embodied. Jesus is evidenced among us. And you know what? That's really important for us because we find great fellowship, we find great connection in that. But watch this. It's even more important for your guest. The people that you bring to Trinity Church, it's not important, first and foremost, that they're drawn to some program or they're drawn to something on a stage. What's most important is that they're drawn to Jesus. We want to be in a place, we want to be a people that embody him. So when they interact with us, whether it be on a Sunday morning, whether it be at some sort of entry point event, whatever it may be, we want to demonstrate, we want to radiate the character of Jesus so people see him. That's what it's about. And that's what this passage is helping us see. God has established team captains, ministry leaders, like pastors, in order to align the local church family's gifts. And I will tell you, we have been working for months getting ready for this Serve Expo so that those gifts could be aligned. Number two in your notes today, every, in, every intentional influencer needs teammates. Every intentional influencer needs teammates. What do I mean by that? You don't have to turn, but look on this screen. First uh, Corinthians chapter 12 says this. We looked at this passage four through six. Let me add another verse to it this week. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. So you see that contrast of variety, but oneness, back and forth. But now look at verse 7. Now to each one, to each one of us, the manifestation, the expression of the Spirit is given. Why? For the common good. For the common good. Now, we just talked about in a minute ago that the definition of team is a group of people united together, moving towards a common goal. Now, in in 1 Corinthians 12, we see this idea that the gifts are given for the sense of a common good. It's obviously not for me to showcase my giftedness. It's not for you to do that. It's for the building up of the body and that Christ would be present. 
He would be embodied. That's the common good. So we see this kind of idea surfacing a couple times today. I wanted to tell you this story that was powerful to me that kind of sets the tone for what I'm so excited about sharing today. There was a season in my life, probably about eight years or so, where I had this incredible privilege of getting to speak at camps, mainly youth camps. And as I would, um, I became at that same time so incredibly convinced that the reason you are on the planet, the reason I am on the planet as a Jesus follower is to engage Jesus's mission to seek and save the lost. And to do that within the relational context of my world, start there. So I became so convinced of this that I would come back from these camps and I would tell my executive pastor, Jack Hamilton, who's like a dad to me, I would tell him, I would say, Jack, you know, it's so cool. I have four or five opportunities in a week of camp to talk to students about all kinds of things related to Jesus and I'm always given the opportunity or I take the initiative within that to do at least one message on this idea of being an intentional influencer, an intentional Jesus ambassador in your relational world. And, and that's what drives the whole mission of the church I was a part of. And so Jack would say, Todd, that's so great. But then he stopped me and he said, that, that is really great, but I wonder this. I wonder for the students that you're able to throw this idea. Some have never heard this concept before. It's not even on their radar. As great as that is to sow that seed, I wonder if for some of them, they're going to hear that. They're going to go, I think that's true. I think that's right. And they're going to go back home. And they're going to go back home to their campuses. They're going to go back home to their jobs. They're going to go back home to their teams. And they're going to be excited about, I have a relational world that I can be a part, a significant influence in, and I want to bring you to church. And he said, the problem is what happens when they bring them to churches that are unkind? What happens when they bring them to youth groups who say, you know, it's kind of, we already got a group, we're Okay. What happens when they bring them to a group of other believers in Jesus who are not helpful and don't even sense a desire to want to engage in their lives? As much as that young adult might be fired up about this idea of personal mission, they need a partnering church who would say, we're going to be good teammates to you. And that's when it became clear. That's when it really made sense to me that all of us, as we are called to personal mission, all of us need teammates. Let's do this today. Let's get into the shoes of someone here at Trinity Church who's beginning to take this seriously. This is where we're going. And in the month of September, we're just going to unpack this idea of what it means to be rooted in Jesus, reaching our worlds. What if someone's an early adopter, though? And there are. It's been so great having conversations and someone's an early adopter of saying, I really do want to do this. I really want to be engaged in personal mission. I have a relational world around me. I want to, I want to start being influential in those lives. And part of being influential is I'm going to invite them to church. It's a good, that's a good start. And so within that context, I'm going to invite them to church. And think of all the things it takes to do that. Think of the vulnerability because remember, the person they're inviting to church is not someone they just went up and knocked on their door. Hey, my name's Todd. I've never met you before. Would you like to come to church Sunday? Mm, no. Okay. On the offhand chance someone does, even then I would say, hey, I hope that goes well for you. I go to the third service. I know you're probably going to the second. Hope it's great and um, God be with. Okay? In that case, no matter how 
unorganized or how unkind we may be, I'm detached. I don't know them. I, I don't know what's happening in the future. But what about someone from my relational world? Someone I have been building credibility with. Someone I have a relationship with. Someone I have been trying to model Jesus to for years. I finally get up the courage. There is the alignment. They can actually come and I bring them onto this campus. That takes guts. Now imagine that person brings the Smith family. And and the Smith family are going to come sit in seats just like yours. Just like what you're sitting in. And the Smith family is a husband and a wife who have two kids. And their kids are four and seven. I want you to see this just for a minute today. Let's shift gears. You got into their shoes. That takes some courage. The, the, same, the Smiths that I invite on Sunday, I'm going to have a conversation with on Monday. And we're going to talk about how it went. I can't be disconnected at that point. This is something I have to own. I've taken those steps. Now let's shift gears. Let's think about all the people that the Smiths, I'm their host. We come to the same service because I'm excited to have them sit next to us. But I'm their host, but think of all the other team members I need to make this experience something worth coming back to. We walk onto the campus and think of all the things that have already happened indirectly. Our facilities team have been setting up the chairs you're sitting in. Our facilities team have been cleaning up this campus, preparing for a Sunday morning. They turned the air down so we'd actually not be at 82 today. Thank you, facilities team. They've been doing all these things to prepare for us. And the first thing, their kids are four and seven, so you know enough as their host to take them to our children's building. You can get them that far, but imagine when they first walk in that first room to check in their kids. Imagine the people interacting with them in our kids' programs. And saying, oh, oh, you guys are new. That's great. Come on over here. Let me help you. There's there's this one particular place you start if you're new to Trinity Church and you're checking in your kids. Imagine the impression that that person behind that computer monitor is making that day. You're the first person they've met at Trinity Church. Once all that input is taken care of, and now there are are the little sticker tags to take them to their classes, imagine when they drop off their four-year-old son. They've never let their their kids go with anyone they didn't know before, and today's the day. Imagine the anxiety that that mom is facing in that moment. But imagine how that's eclipsed by a teacher in that four-year-old class who says, I'm so glad you guys are here today. Johnny's going to be great. We'll let you know if there's any problems. And then they take their daughter to the seven-year-old's class in the same kind of interaction with a teacher who says, I know you're new. I know you don't know us. I know there's a lot of trust that needs to be built. We're going to do a great job with with her today. They survive the children's ministry check-in. And it's not because our team's not great, but that's anxiety-driven. They make it down the stairs. They come into this space. Imagine now as they start interacting with people. Ushers and greeters are at the back doors, saying hello to them, shaking a hand, giving them a worship folder. As they walk in the doors, you're going to help them find a seat. A seat's just like this you're going to find. But as they walk through, imagine the people that they bump into. You see, my friends that day know that the Smiths have never been here before are my friends. I'm already connected to reaching out to new people. As we're interacting, think of the other elements now going on. We have a productions team. 
who's got music going on before a service starts, who runs lights, who runs a soundboard, who runs the cameras, that all is happening directly for their experience. We have a worship team up here who's doing a great job using their gifts to honor God and to do something that would say, hey, you know what? I don't know any of these songs, but watch this. But I can tell that they mean what they're singing about. That's what needs to be communicated. A host comes up and talks to people today and just initially even has them greet. I'll never forget the day. I'll never forget the day that Anthony, Anthony, a friend of mine up at HDC, he said, he, and Anthony had been through so much, a lot of gang activity early in his life, a rapping career that put him with a bunch of people that were just unsavory in their character. Anthony had come to Christ with his wife, and Anthony had become my friend. And I'll never forget him telling me, he said, Todd, I just remember this day I brought my buddy, and I wanted this guy to know Jesus so bad. But I was so concerned because he wasn't just tatted up, he was tatted all over his face. And I was just so concerned that when we did the meet and greet time, right, pretty typical, we do this meet and greet time that he would stand up and the people around him might kind of jump back or be afraid. He's like, Todd, they did just the opposite. They stuck out their hand and they said, hey, I've never met you before. My name's Bill. I'm really glad you're here today. He said, that just made me feel so much like I was part of a family who was there to make my guest feel welcome that day. Your meet and greet time is so much more than just saying hello to friends. And by the way, I did that young man's funeral six months later. You just have no idea the impact we can make. All of these touch points are going on for the Smiths that I brought today. And guess what? I need an amazing team to help make that initial experience, not one that was horrible, not one that is scary, not one is that I'm never going back again. If my friends are offended because of who Jesus is, that's a whole different topic. But instead, we want Jesus to be so prominent here among us. And he's prominent when we love. He's prominent when we're kind. He's prominent when we're helpful. Do this for me. Not that this is the only way that we serve at Trinity Church, but if you're involved in a serving role currently that's involved in Sunday mornings, somehow involved in some capacity, any capacity, would you just stand up? Go ahead and stay standing if you would. Now, stay standing, if you, stay standing if you would. I just want to talk to you real quick. I want to, like we just said, I want to thank you for the way you serve. By the way, I love this in our student area. And I know, we've, I've heard so many times before Kim say, kids' ministries on the weekend doesn't work without students. But I want you to hear this. As I was walking through that scenario of the Smiths, and you're engaged in a role that interacts with people on a Sunday morning, I don't know how much you've thought through that lens before. That not only are you serving and using your gifts and you do it because you know, God, I want to honor you. God, you've given me the gifts to give away. You get all that. But how much have you thought that some of the people you're interacting with have never responded to Jesus yet? Might be here for the very first time. You might be the very first Trinity person outside of who brought them that they've ever met. For some of us, We've never really even thought in those terms. And now all of a sudden we go, 
God, I want to be a great team member when people bring their guests to this gathering. You can go ahead and sit down. One of the things that I heard um, recently that really caused me to think about, too, another motivation of why. Why would I want to serve in this kind of capacity? It came across when I was listening to a clip that was sent to me from Andy Stanley. And Andy's a pastor of a large church in the Atlanta metro area. And this is what he said. It's in your notes up on the screen. A motivation of why to serve, why to give to other people through the lens of your gifts Obviously, because God says so, but look at even some of the realities that otherwise motivate us. He said this, provide for others what others have provided for you. Think of this, that every one of us in this space not only had a relational people praying for us in our relational world, maybe helping us through these different aspects of learning about Jesus and wanting to know him, but once you got plugged into a local church, You were brand new in this whole Jesus following thing. There were people who came beside you and loved you and walked you through it. I don't think there's virtually a person in this space who can't remember people that were so crucial to you continuing with Jesus. Provide for others what others provided for you. Provide for the next generation what the previous generation has provided for you. What a great motivating statement to say, God, I want to be useful to you in your kingdom. Finally, number three today, not every Trinity role happens on this campus. Not every Trinity role happens on this campus. We've made much today of the impact and the, and the vital importance of Sunday mornings, but I, was, I'd be, I would so regret if that's the way it came across it, that's the only thing that matters, far from it. One of the things I'm most excited about is Jim Willard. Jim has actually moved into a role of global and local mission here at Trinity. One of the things we've talked about for this last year being at Trinity and being at every one of our Tuesday morning pastors meetings, Jim consistently has been sharing, we cannot be a church that's isolated. We cannot be a church removed from the community. We need to move into the community. And when I've kept hearing that resounding, I'm so excited, not only of the global leadership, but the local leadership he's going to provide. That one thing that Jim just really weeks into this new role has already done a great job. Out at the Serb Expo, there's actually three opportunities right now, even today, without even really having any time in this role. Three opportunities where you can serve that have nothing to do with Sunday mornings and have nothing to do with being on this campus. And I love that. One is Micah House, and we've been pushing Micah House recently because the backpack drive and all those things, it's such. People would say right now, I think any person just analyzing, looking at our local impact, the most vital thing we do in our community, helping kids academically and helping them know Jesus. That is such a great ministry. You can get involved in it. IFC, another ministry that doesn't happen on this campus, International Fellowship Connection. And it's about this. What people began to realize is the world is coming to Redlands. They come through the form of being students, graduate students at Loma Linda University, students at U of R, students at Cal State San Bernardino. And as they're coming, they're just looking to have connections, looking to make friends with Americans to even understand our culture. That's an amazing ministry. I've been able to visit a couple times and that ministry needs help even to the form of giving people a ride. You have a car, you could do that. The last one that we're highlighting right now is the San Bernardino Pregnancy and Family Resource Center. 
a group that we were able to help in our Advent conspiracy. I'll never forget, we had this opportunity to go to Pat and Jan Beaver's home, and they're a part here of Trinity Church, and we had a great meal together, great time just getting to know each other. At the end of the meal, we were talking, and as we were, we're just talking about life and background, and when Jan mentioned that she has been serving for the last few years at the Pregnancy and Family Resource Center, she lit up. She didn't stop talking for the next half hour. Later on, she would apologize for that. I said, oh, no, 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 don't apologize. I love hearing it. I love hearing your passion. I love hearing you say, I finally knew why I was here. It was so cool. And it's helping people at one of the most critical crossroads in their lives. What do I do about this baby? These are the ways, at least initially, that you have opportunities to serve off this campus, off of Sundays, and are still so vital to the kingdom of God. This now what statement we mentioned today, we finished with today, it's this. Serve well because you are an essential team member to others when they bring their, their guests. Let me pray. Father God, thank you so much for this incredible way you've structured and framed things. God, you have told us that we have this ability to serve. We have this thing to contribute. And we say thank you for that. Today, God, would you encourage those who are, are wondering about this area of ministry they should pursue? For others, God, who are serving now, would you give them encouragement to keep moving forward? For all of us, God, would we understand that our gifts meet at the intersection of mission? And as, God, you are reaching people, we have a part to play in that. We love you. Thank you so very much. Thank you so much for the way you have structured your body. We pray in Jesus' great name today. Amen. If you need prayer today, a couple of us will be down front. We'd love to pray with you. Otherwise, please attend the expo. Your kids will be available in about 10 minutes. We'll see you next weekend.